0: eye to eye sports this is dorm room sports talk
1: what is up ladies and gentlemen back to you eye to eye sports this is good stuff we got a podcast tonight as you can tell i'm excited guys it's march and we're in the sweet 16 like come on this is this is awesome this is amazing tristan i'm gonna bring it over to you what do we got
2: All right, thanks, Johnny. And we are, in fact, doing a podcast tonight. You are correct about that? Well, we're going to talk about the NBA playoff picture. We're going to talk surprise teams from the West that could sneak in. We all know it's tight from that 3 to the 10 spot. Um, Who could sneak in? Who could potentially get... Bounced. Also, we talked, does the East even have a shot of winning the finals? Also, who feels the Raptors are legitimate? Then we're going to talk some NCAA tournament. We got the Ramblers on right now. Loyola, we're going to talk about uh, Kentucky. I feel like they got the easiest path. Could it be their year with such a crazy tournament? Also, should Duke be on upset alert against Syracuse? Then we move to NFL free agency, and we talk about the biggest free agent move so far. Um, Heilman's definitely talking about the Jets. He's got about four or five names he could bring up. Uh, So let's start with the NBA playoff picture. Guys, what are your thoughts on the West? We know it's tight. Who's your surprise team to sneak in?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if they will, uh, but here's a theory I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the Spurs – The Grizzlies. No, uh, no, no. Grizz suck. They're terrible this year. Uh, It's been awful. It's been misery. But going back to the actual question, I think the Nuggets are going to sneak in. And I actually think the Spurs are going to sneak out. And I I know this would be crazy to not see San Antonio in the playoffs. It's been like almost 20 years since they haven't uh, made the playoffs. But I don't know. To me, I don't really want to see them in. No, Kauai. Their only real, you know, fun guy to watch is is L.A. I mean, other than that, the, the team is full of a bunch of guys that that just work the system well. Uh, besides Aldridge, nobody plays more than 30 minutes a game, so it's it's a it's an oddly coached team. But that's Popovich for you; he knows what to do. So <laughs> I think that the Nuggets will sneak in, and uh, San Antonio is going to find their way out.
0: I want to see San Antonio in the playoffs specifically just because this might be the best Greg Popovich has ever coached in his whole career. He's taken a team of no one, and they're 42 and 30 right now. This is a testament to the best coach in NBA history.
3: And also, who doesn't want to see more in-game interviews with Greg Popovich? One of, really <laughs> one of the best parts of the playoffs.
1: But, guys, we DeJounte, we, Murray, Kyle Anderson. We could and see the Kawhi come lineup. back. I mean, come on.
0: We could see Kawhi come back. He was supposed to be back like a month ago. I don't know what he's waiting for, but I think that if the they need him. He'll be there.
4: I, also, I, the Spurs' schedule coming up, uh, only two of their 10 teams are below 500, and several of them are also fighting for a playoff spot, so they'll be uh, at the top of their game or playing with you know the most intensity possible. I
3: think an interesting team to watch is Minnesota. They were once as high as 3-4, all the way down to 7, only two games. I mean, they're, the Nuggets are only two games back of them for the 7 spot. The Timberwolves have been falling off lately, and they could find themselves on the outside looking in.
0: Can I just say that if in two weeks it turns out that, like, the Thunder and Timberwolves fall out and the Jazz and Clippers sneak in, I'm going to be so disappointed. Oh, we're we're going to be robbed of, like, a Warriors-Thunder matchup. Instead, we're going to get Warriors-Clippers, which – what even is that?
1: I, I, I have to say, though, Dylan, I'm a big fan of Utah. I, re- I think Mitchell is a stud and a half. Um, I mean, the rest of that team, you know, Rubio – He's he's had a good year, but
4: I think the thing is that they lack star power that that Thunder know. bring. Because I mean, you know, I agree that Mitchell's a uh, you know a bright prospect, and they have a few more guys like that Rubio, uh, whoever else Gobert. But it's no Russ Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and um, Paul George.
3: But no one's suggesting that the Thunder are going to fall out of the playoffs. I think, they? I
2: think they'll find a way. They're man.
3: three and a half games up with like ten to go. They're, not, they're would, in pretty good shape. I would
2: be worried about the Thunder, though, because they play. Their remaining schedule is the Heat, Trailblazers, Spurs, Nuggets, Pelicans, Warriors, Rockets, Heat. And then their last game is the Grizzlies. So that Grizzlies game's going to be tough. You could potentially, <laughs> yeah, right. you could, I think they can lose all of those games and they lost to Boston with no Kyrie. I mean, Hey, Horford's back, but you know, he didn't really play too um, well and Mello was not clutch. Russ was not clutch. Paul George was not clutch, so I think you could potentially see them falling out too. It was like the I read like the first game and like the last eight hundred
0: games played in the regular season where a team down by six with less than twenty seconds left won the game. It was it was a good win and it did not speak well to the Thunder. I also like the Nuggets to make this uh, this eight seed. I don't know how the Jazz and Clippers have gotten to where they are right now. Credit to the Clippers to, for losing basically their whole team and trying to rebuild and. Kind of following on—they're they not even good at tanking. I don't no. know what this team is doing, but they could make the playoffs this year and they'll have a nice first-round exit. But whatever. Um, but I think the Nuggets have the most talent. They don't have a point guard with that starting lineup of Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, Jokic, and then whether it's Barton, whoever else is in there, they got five ballers in the starting lineup. And uh, I think it'll be the—I want—I want them to make it just because I think that's, that's the most fun to watch in a playoff series against any of these teams. But. Again, whoever sneaks into those seven and eight seeds is going to be treated to a nice first-round exit.
3: I also think the Nuggets, though, they provide, whether it be Houston or Golden State at this point, probably Houston, the toughest matchup as a 1-8 matchup. I mean, the Jazz, all they have is Donovan Mitchell. Meanwhile, the Nuggets got a bunch of really young, good players.
1: Jazz, best defensive team in the league, though. Something to keep in mind.
2: All right, let's move over to uh, the East now. So... The Raptors are the one seed. It looks like they're there. They're there to stay right now. Celtics look like they're there to stay at the two, and the Cavs are going to be there at the three. Um, So how legitimate is this Raptors team? Because I feel like although the Cavs have, I mean, struggled for the Cavs this year, many still believe they're the favorite because of the big man, the king, LeBron James. So how legit are the Raptors?
0: Look, I said this before the trade deadline. I'm even more confident in it after the trade deadline. I believe this year the Cavs and the Warriors will both miss the finals. The Raptors finally made the leap this year from being good to great, and the talent pool in the rest of the East is not very intriguing. The Cavs are probably the second-best team in that conference. Uh, And LeBron is an amazing man, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was able to bring that team to the finals. He's done it before, but he has just got no help on that team. Like they they're better than they were before the deadline, but not by much, not enough to beat the red hot Raptors. But I think that we're gonna be treated to a nice Raptors Rockets series. You know the
4: Raptors, they're hot right now. They're eight of their last ten. They're looking great. However, you know they just lost a nail biter to Cleveland. You know, and that obviously it's not the playoffs, so they're not really going a hundred percent. But you know they could still lose to the Cavaliers. I I'm not I'm not saying it's a lock that uh you know. What am I saying? I'm not saying it's a lot to, to count the Cavaliers out because, you know, obviously they don't have the talent as a whole team. But, you know, LeBron LeBron can do some things, especially in the playoffs. So I, I think the Raptors are the favorite, but you can't count out the Cavs or LeBron.
3: If I'm the Raptors, I am terrified of LeBron James. <laughs> After his performance the other night against the Raptors, I may be starting to think LeBron's the greatest player of all time. This season, with absolutely no help, he is single-handedly bringing this team to the three seed. And in a seven-game series, I'm not betting against LeBron.
0: I hear you. I, I actually I do believe he's the best player of all time. And there's like a whole debate about like what the definition of best and greater is that we don't have to get into. I think he's the best player of all time. And But I think that... Of all the teams, the Cavs have had to get over the last three or four years to get into the finals. I think this Raptors team poses the biggest threat, and this Cavs team is the worst of all the teams LeBron has brought to the finals.
1: Let me just read you a stat, and this is why I think that um, the, the Raptors won't make it to the NBA finals. This is DeMar DeRozan's playoff percentage, shooting percentage. So in the playoff, he shot f- 39% from the field, 41 and 41, and then his best was last year when they got bounced er, for nothing. Uh, He shot 43% from the field. That is their best player, and this guy can't hit a shot. And last year, he shot 16% from three. I mean, obviously, he's shooting it better this year, but it seems every year that we think Toronto's going to be good, DeMar DeRozan, who I love, I think he's one of my favorite players in the league, but he just does not show up in the playoffs. And it's scary to think that, you know, this is such a good team and this is their year and it could happen again.
0: The Raptors have been the same exact team, like, the last four years. And the reason they get bounced out every single year is because they, have they in the past, built their team where it was uh, Lowry and DeRozan, like, the two stars of the team. But they're just not good enough to get you all the way there. They were good enough to get them there, but not all the way there. They're a different team this year and they've changed. And, and while... Their numbers have been disappointing like the last couple of years. Lowry was not clutch at all two years ago. Uh, But I think that this year they have a different offensive setup that could let them do a little more.
3: They're playing a different style. You know, Serge Ibaka's coming out, knocking down threes all day. The point with the Raptors, though, is if DeMar DeRozan does show up, if Kyle Lowry does show up, they are clearly a better team than the Cavs and the Celtics.
0: Definitely.
1: I mean, they showed up against Cleveland the other night and got... They got smacked.
3: Well, I mean, the second half... is well, also a huge if. Well, I mean, and can we also discuss how the Cleveland defense gave up 79 points in the first half?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, when you have LeBron James, I think you have a shot in any game, no matter who's on your team. This man is the best player in the world. One of the best all-time. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Raptors do. We don't. I certainly don't want to see them fall early. I can tell you that. Um... All right, let's move on to the NCAA tourney. So uh, as we mentioned, earlier, we got the Ramblers on right now. They're up 32-26 over Nevada. Uh, but right now, guys, I think Kentucky has the easiest path to the Final Four of any team left, and I think they may even have a shot at winning. Uh,
4: I think there's no doubt that they have the easiest path to the Final Four. I mean, they won't... Uh, let's see, they played 12 Davidson, they're going to play 9 Kansas State, and if they win that, they move on to the winner of 11 Loyola versus te- uh, 7 Nevada, and they're in the final four. I mean, that's that's kind of a joke of a schedule, just looking at seedings and nothing else. Um, and I disagree with you that they're going to win it all, just because the level of competition that they're facing right now is not you know, who they're going to face. If they walk into the the final matchup against you know Villanova, I, I think that it's going to be a shock to them considering they haven't played great uh, competition like that in such
2: a long time. And to, cl- who- to clarify I said they have a good shot at winning. I know, I'm just saying,
3: <laughs> wasn't attacking you. And I resent you saying that Loyola is an easy team to face. This team is actually I said, nasty. I
4: I, ref- I uh, take that back. And I said just looking at seeding wise, it's it's the easiest schedule. I mean, look at seating
3: wise, UMBC would have never won. I mean, oh, he's got nothing. Congrats. He's <laughs> He's, he's I got. Don't, got <laughs> I don't know. He's what you're got saying. nothing. I, uh, whatever. Continue. That's awkward.
1: I'm. A, I'm a big fan of this A&M team. I'm a. You really mean the one that's, that's down
3: cool. by 25 right now?
1: Oh, well, I didn't see that. But I'm. I'm st- i mean, <laughs> Well, then, well. I mean, that's that's, tough that's, to that's see, the end of that. But uh, I was a big fan of the A and M team c- just because I think they have one of the. Well, I don't even know why I should talk about them anymore if they're going to lose. But they had some of the greatest rim protectors in the tournament. And I think that's that's one of the ways to win is, you know, to play good defense under the basket uh, in a guard-driven tournament with, with guys that can that can drive and, and finish at will, like a guy on Kansas like Devontae Graham. A&M seemed to be a good matchup, but I guess they're down by 25, so that's tough to see.
3: Now, the team they're playing, Michigan— very good. They won the Big Ten Championship. Moritz Wagner is a beast. They are going to make a run. I think they're going to go to the Final Four. And I also want to point out about Loyola Chicago, not because I'm a homer, which I clearly am, is the fact that this team is very good. They've got five good players. They've got Krutwig, who is a big man, and they've got Custer and Richardson, who can shoot. This is a really good team, and they may make a run to the Final Four.
2: What I would, What I would want to input about Kentucky is... So, so they don't have the toughest, I guess, I guess if you look at it from just pure regular season, whatever, they don't have the toughest path, but if they get to the final four, they're still a very, very good team, even though they're young. John Calipari is a great coach. We all know that he gets his young guys to play in tournament time. So I would not be surprised to see them make a run at the championship, at the Final Four, and maybe even win the whole thing. They got a good scorer that could score whenever he wants, Kevin Knox, at any time. So I think they have all the intangibles. And to be honest, I think you know Nevada and Loyola Chicago, it's, it's got to run out at some point.
3: All I'm saying about Loyola is this is one of the best 11 seeds. They've lost four games all year. You know, there's something to be said about winning. Obviously, Missouri Valley Conference is yeah. not oh, that It's not that great, but they beat who who'd they beat? They beat Miami, they beat Tennessee in the tournament. Yeah, Miami, yeah. Tennessee. Miami, Tennessee, they're beating Nevada by 10 right now. Nevada hasn't scored in 10 minutes. I mean, there's something to be said about that. It's the nun. It, <laughs> it is Sister Jean. Sister Jean gets a shout out. Sister Jean is an instant legend.
2: All right, well, let's talk about this matchup, this is an intriguing matchup to me, and it's Duke-Syracuse, um, both ACC opponents. Many didn't even think Syracuse should be in this tournament. Here they are in the Sweet 16. Now they're facing off against Duke, who has absolutely crushed their first two opponents. So should Duke be on upset alert, guys?
1: This, this game, I think, is must-see TV. Uh, Beheim, Shashevsky. Who doesn't love that? I mean, yes, we've we've seen this matchup before. We saw it earlier, and Syracuse got their butts. whooped. let's let's put it how it is. But I mean, guys, Bayheim is going to get this team ready to play. This is going to be a great game. These two teams know each other. They have a rivalry, one of the greatest rivalries in all of college basketball. This is must watch TV. I'm excited. I hope Syracuse doesn't blow it um, because, like you said, Tristan. Duke's been annihilated. They annihilated URI, and obviously, being the two seed, Mercer had no chance. Um, I, Iona. Iona, whatever. And whoever.
3: Mercer, really, they didn't have a chance if they played them either. There's, but um,
4: <laughs> there's something about Syracuse when it comes to tournament time. It's just like every team forgets how to beat his own. Cause it's like this year, especially, no one thought that they. Well, I mean, of course, a few people thought, but. Most people did not expect them to get into the tournament. They were a first four team. They've won three now. Uh, And it's like, I feel like I've lived this movie before, where it's like, oh, no, Syracuse, they're not going to go far. And then it's just the defense that they play, for some reason in March, is unbeatable. It's it's really outstanding. And Duke plays, uh, you know, they're starting to play a similar type of defense, except they have big guys down there, like huge guys. They have... uh, I think it's six foot eleven Marvin Bagley, six foot ten Wendell Carter. It's it's tough. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. I uh, hope in a hope battle to. of zones, I guess we could call it game of zones. game of zones. I knew you were going uh, there. Dumb. You know, earlier in the year,
2: Duke came out on top by a wide margin. One I, thing that I think Duke has to counter that good zone, Tim, is they have shooters. They have Grayson Allen who can shoot the three ball. They have Trent Jr. who can shoot the three ball. Pretty much everyone on the floor, except for Bagley. I mean, Bagley can kind of shoot it. Bagley can shoot it. He can shoot shoot it. But, but I mean, at a consistent rate. Like, Allen and Jr. can knock it down from NBA range consistently. And I think that that makes them – that makes the Syracuse zone – they have the potential to get blown out.
1: But you got to – you if if you're trying to get it to Bagley, you got to get it to you, you. actually have to get it to him. And Syracuse does such a good job on ball, ball denial; it's going to be tough. That's why I, I think that it's it's a good matchup. It's a great matchup. I
3: think the point Tim brought up was interesting. Jim Beheim, Mike Shashevsky. Jim Beheim has run that zone forever, and Mike Shashevsky said that he learned that from Jim Beheim with Team USA. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, but. If you've got Duke, you know, you talked about Wendell Carter and uh, Marvin Bagley, the big men are the difference makers for them.
4: Definitely, yeah, that's also I think, I think, don't have it in front of me, I think Beheim and Cheshevsky are the two most winningest coaches in NCAA history for the men.
2: Well, Bayheim lost a ton of wins, but. Oh, well, never but mind. <laughs> with those wins, probably, yes. Um, anyways, that's going to be a great game. That's going to be super exciting. I, I hope. I'm hyped. Like I, I always like to orange in the attorney. The they got cool unis. Um, <laughs> all right, now we get underway for the Heilman segment. NFL free agency. Nick, give us your... Can your, you just uh, say
3: something so we know you're here? Yeah. You, yeah. T- Nick, tell Nick, us
2: how great the Jets give are going to be. Give us dude. your biggest free agent signing.
5: Well, I mean... I can't give you the biggest free agency signing, but I can give you the team that has won free agency so far. Let's hear it. The Vikings, there's no doubt. Ooh. Kirk Cousins. I'm in shock. Pairing I, him I, with... I think there's a doubt, but continue. Okay, well, hear me out.
1: <laughs> that's all he asks. Still. Kirk
5: Cousins pairing him with Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. That's an insanely good receiving core. Kirk Cousins is a baller. Uh, you can say what you want about him, but he's an upgrade from Case Keenum, I
3: think. How many
4: playoff wins does he have? That's, that's the point. I mean, that is not the ditch.
3: point. Nick's point is absolutely correct. Uh, Kirk Cousins is thrown for 4,000 yards in three straight seasons with nobody. nobody. Terrell Pryor was actually awful. He should be sent back down to freaking high school ball. That guy was terrible. Awful. If you've got Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph, that offense is going to be unstoppable. Dalvin
4: Cook coming back, that team's going to be really, really good. And then it's, you, it's absurd to me that they're paying this much money, this much guaranteed. And that they have kicked their NFC Championship level uh, quarterback to the curb for a guy who has not won a playoff game. That's that's all. Do I you am- think Case Keen so is think. better than Kirk Cousins? No, but I think that there are better people in Kirk Cousins. Which quarterbacks were available? Which yeah. quarterbacks were available? I, I would rather take my chance with a young guy, but if I was in the Vikings position, I would have gone with Case Keenum. <laughs> a lot of times okay. there's Nick, a question. Nick, I mean, not Nick, Tim. I am. The That's f- embarrassing. A and lot What's of times embarrassing there's a difference is saying that Case Keenum is better than Kirk Cousins? <laughs> a lot of times there's a difference between who's best and who's best for the team. If you want to win a playoff game, Case Keenum uh look, Case Keenum should be your guy. Look, I am saying. the biggest because Case
3: Keenum fan on the planet. I freaking love that guy. Clearly but to not. say to say that Kirk Cousins is not a better quarterback for the Vikings than Case Keenum is just dumb. Yeah. I mean, it it just makes no sense. Case Keenum is a really good player in that system, but you saw what he could do. What he could do was throw the ball to the Eagles a lot during the NFC Championship game.
5: <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And then they add Sheldon Richardson, um who, yeah, he has his off-the-field problems, but he's proven he can he can ball. He won defensive rookie of the year with the Jets. Um, How many years ago? Well, he's a, he's a baller. <laughs> we all know Sheldon Richardson can play. Um, and then you add him with Daniel Hunter, Linville Joseph, and Everson Griffin. Uh, that's an insanely good defensive front. Um, and, you know, the Vikings are just going to improve. Also, the Pats, I think, did really well at adding Adrian Claiborne, Jeremy Hill, and keeping Rex Burkhead. I look for his role Don't to increase. Don't forget McCordy And McCordy. yeah, with his brother. Um and the, see how let me get to the Jets real again. quick because I Bronk, do. Though. Yeah, I've been dying to hear Nick talk yeah, about the Jets. I do want to for, touch. Nick. The Jets, I thought, did fantastic in free agency. Mm, you add really? Tremaine Johnson, who's a phenomenal corner. Pair him with Morris Claiborne, who, you, who they re-signed. Two very good young corners. Tell me who, about
1: the offense, though. I, I get well, Your we'll defense get to that. is fine.
5: We'll get to that. But then you add, you know, that secondary is young. They're aggressive. You know, you have the two safeties, Marcus May and Jamal Adams. Their ceiling is high. Offensively, they add Isaiah Crowell. He's a solid running back. Mm. Um, and then Spencer Long at center from Washington because they've been looking to fill that hole at center ever since Nick Mangold left. Um, And then again, on the defensive side, Avery Williamson from Tennessee. He's a great tackler. I just think the Jets, they did well this year, and they also got the third pick, so hopes are high. Let's talk about a splash move. The Jets got a center
3: Everybody, stop the presses! You're they paying a 50, center. fifteen million dollars a year for Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown, and you're going to draft another quarterback.
5: Yeah. I mean, what's the point of signing both of those guys? I mean, it doesn't. Uh, listen, that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, to look, me. it, it's <laughs> that it could be like any sense to me. It could be
3: like the Browns' philosophy. I suggest the Browns take I don't know three to five quarterbacks in the draft and see which
5: one's you know is the least bad player. I mean. Well, Bridgewater is not a guaranteed starter. If you look at his numbers, they're they're below average. McCown's thirty eight years old. He can be a good mentor for a quarterback. If they take a quarterback at three, that's a big if. Um so I mean, I'm sure listen, I don't agree with that move signing Teddy and Josh McCown. I don't agree with it at all. I think if you were gonna you know, Stay. you got to stick with one or the other. Teddy Bridgewater, below average, don't like the signing. McCown, yes, he played great last year, but he's 38. I think he serves better as a mentor to a young quarterback, who I'm hoping we take Mayfield at three. But we'll see how the draft goes. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think the Jets had a very successful free agency. I want to step gonna in here. St- I I'm going to s- stick
0: by that. I'm going to step in here for a second. Um, as a lifetime Dolphin fan, oh God. I can't <laughs> pretend that I understand NFL free agency because I don't. The Dolphins have lost names like Brandon Marshall and Jarvis Landry and Ndamukong Sue and Vontae Davis uh, and gotten nothing in return. Well, Frank and, Gore.
5: Uh, I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> um, and so every year I question the moves they make and I get frustrated. And I have to concede the point that NFL – free agency is weird the nfl salary cap is very different from other sports um and that's proven by the fact that guys like indomitian sue and richard sherman guys at the top of their position hall of famers probably were dropped in any other sport that would be absurd but in football because of the way the salary cap works and the way that the teams are built you drop those players and so t people get uh people get happy about big free agent signings um but that's not going to double your win count. The Browns are going to go 0-16 next year if they only add these three players and don't add anyone else. The NFL, the salary cap is weird, and to get better you have to sign a lot of little guys instead of just one big guy.
3: Dylan's got a good point about cap casualties. The salary cap is much more difficult to navigate in the NFL, but also players are only good for so long in the NFL. A guy like and Sue is nowhere near as good as he was what he signed as a free agent with Miami,
4: and they're not going to pay that much money for a guy who's declining. Well, I kind of wish it was more like baseball, the, the contracts where it's like you, can, you can't just cut a guy and get rid of his salary. It would make this whole thing much more strategic in my mind.
1: I, I just want to talk about the Titans. Um, yeah, I like the Titans. Pretty good team. You, you now pair up Logan Ryan, right, with Malcolm Butler, and then, what What did the Titans struggle with? It was Mariota throwing the football. He couldn't throw the football because he didn't have a security blanket. Now you get Dion Lewis, who we know, as Pats fans, most of us, he's a stud. He's a good player. He's a guy you can dump the ball off, and he'll get you 10, maybe 20 yards most of the time. Add him with Derrick Henry, right? I kind of like it. I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, that defense was already good with Wesley Woodyard in the middle. I like him. I, like, I think I, that was I agree. a good move.
5: I, I think the Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis
1: tandem is going to work good. out very well. And, and one more thing. We have to talk about the Giants finally getting somewhat of a decent O-line.
3: I think we need to talk about Sam Bradford being yeah, well, paid just $20 say, million dollars a year. And they didn't want to pay Matthew. Name one team that Sam Bradford has been. I was like, oh, this worked out well for us. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one i mean you're paying a guy 20 million dollars and then you cut tyron matthew because you have no money and you sign mike glennon to a five million dollar yeah, deal uh, uh,
1: i don't know how that guy gets
2: paid. if mike glennon
3: is worth five million dollars i'm worth 40 <laughs> why
2: does mike glennon keep getting paid
5: why does
3: sam bradford keep getting
5: paid
2: well Colin sam Kaepernick bradford can, can actually play. but Sa- i
3: actually robert sam bradford is a starting quarterback but not for 20 million dollars
5: Ugh, I, mean, I don't know. They're both quarterbacks that just have no substance and no history of success in the I league. Mean, and the Cardinals have two of them now.
3: I mean, what I mean, what are the Cardinals thinking? You know what? I think we should cut one of our youngest and best players and sign a guy who is awful, who hasn't started really very many games, who is too bad for the Bucks, too bad for the Bears, and pay the guy $5 million. Why don't you just draft a quarterback and pay him the league minimum? Or sign Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yo, you know what, dude? You... You should get in a front office. I should. <laughs> I mean definitely.
2: Going back to the Titans though, I think the Titans, even though they got better, they got Malcolm Butler, they got Deion Lewis. I who what other do they have any receivers that Mariota can throw the ball to and be confident? They only have a solid Who's plan. the new
3: kid? 84. Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis. He, he, he was good in the playoffs. Six, I, and mean, and come on, I actually six. think Mariota was good in the playoffs. It was his first year off of you he know a, a pretty bad injury. Yeah. It usually takes a year to get back into it, and I think Marcus Mariota and the Titans could be very good.
1: They, they already had a good running game, and you just made it stronger. You just made it stronger. So, I mean, you know.
5: High hopes for Derrick Henry.
1: High hopes for Derrick Henry for yeah. sure. Give that man the uh, the ball. A starting job, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now There's they got Deion Lewis. Mario
2: doesn't have to pass to himself anymore. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Now the NFL free agency has been solid so far. It's been wild, so, yeah. Still uh, better than baseball's free agency by a mile. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know what's going on in the MLB right now. But that's all we got time for tonight. This is Dorm Room Sports Talk. It's lit. Go Ramblers.
3: Next time we see you, Loyal is going to be in the final four. (laughs) Peace.